Thank you for listening to this month's Harvard Caps Harris Poll Deep Dive. I'm Mark Penn. If you like the show, please take one minute to give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you love the show, please share with your fellow poll watchers. The best way to listen to this podcast is by following along with the actual polling data. Go to harvardharrispoll.com. That's harvardharrispoll, all one word, dot com, and download the most recent report. For regular updates, my op-eds in the Hill, and other polling news, follow me on social media. On Twitter, I'm at Mark underscore Penn underscore polls. On Facebook, I'm Mark Penn polls, all one word. Maybe you're the type that wants to go back in time and see if we got it right or wrong in a prior poll. If so, you're in luck. Every episode we've done can be found on our website, markpenpolls.com. That's markpenpolls, all one word, dot com. I really do love your feedback, and I welcome your questions. Drop me a line if you're so inclined, mark.pen at stagwellgroup.com. Now, let's dive in. All right, I'm going to take you through the results of the October Harvard Caps Harris Poll. That's Harvard Caps, Harvard Center for American Political Studies, and the Harris Poll. And we get together and every month take a sounding of American public opinion. We did 2,093 registered voters uh, in, in this sampling, and I'm going to dive into the results, starting with the approval of the president and the mood of the country. Well, it looks out President Trump is closing out the first term here and perhaps his final term with a 46% approval rating. How does this stack up? Well, if you want to get reelected, 50% or more is generally a sure thing. 42% generally a sure thing that you won't get reelected. 46% makes it possible but difficult. Those extra two or three percent between 46 and 49 mean a lot in terms of whether you win or lose the presidential election, especially if there aren't a lot of third party candidates this time as there were last time. Let's look at some specific approvals when it comes to the economy. President's still getting 52 percent approval, 55 percent in stimulating jobs. 55% in fighting terrorism. All these ratings individually are down a couple of points. So the president has not been making progress in terms of his record in the last month. But really, there's only one number that matters on this page of specific approvals on how the president is doing. And that is reacting to the coronavirus. The president was as high as 48, 50, 51%, and then nosedived. With the surge in cases, the president has again nosedived from last month when he was at 47% approval down to 41% approval. This is, frankly, the single most important number in this poll. If the president were at 47% coronavirus approval, probably he would not see the kind of slippage that we see in this poll at all. Because in this time, it's the virus, stupid. That is the important issue that is affecting everyone's lives. And that's the most important thing right now. So 
Let's look briefly at some of the mood questions. Right track, wrong track. Obviously, the country's on the wrong track, 61%. Right track, 32%. No real change here in the last month. Is it the economy? The economy is right track, 36. Wrong track, 57. Again, relatively stable, up from the lows of the second quarter, but not showing much improvement. How strong do you think the economy is? Well, before the virus came, 75% of America, record numbers, said that our economy was strong. Now, it flipped around. It was as low as 31%. It's come up to around 44%. Uh, so 44% say the economy is strong. Again, and this one, some improvement, but not enough. Now, this poll, let me say, was taken just before the new economic numbers came out that showed rapidly accelerating GDP. Maybe that'll have an impact. Let's look at overall approval of the Republicans. 44% approve of the Republicans. They've been as high as 48. They've never made it to 50 in the last few years. 56% disapprove of them. That is uh, generally about where they've been, certainly off their lows. So the hearings that the Republicans just held on the Supreme Court justice, contrary to all of the huffing and puffing by the Democrats of this, did not have any real impact on the ratings of the Republicans. It didn't have any real impact on the ratings of the Democrats either, who are at 46 percent uh, approval, 54 percent disapproval. So there are two points ahead of the of the republic of the head of the Republicans, and in general, um, that that is a pretty typical finding uh, in these polls for the Democrats to have a slightly better image. But there's no Republican Democratic gap. The gap here is about Biden Trump. It's not actually Republican Democrat. Okay, let's take a look at some of the favorability of key political figures. One political figure who's not on the ballot is riding pretty high, Barack Obama, 60% favorable rating, highest in recent times, 35% unfavorable. Interesting. Joe Biden's at 50. Uh, Kamala Harris is at 45. Donald Trump is at 43. Pence at 42. Hillary Clinton, 39. Nancy Pelosi, 36. Schumer, 29 and bringing up the rear Mitch McConnell at 26. However, three political figures have unfavorables ahead of 50%, Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, and Nancy Pelosi. That means when you're doing negative ads, those are the people that you put in the negative ads because a majority of the country doesn't like them. And that's, again, one of Trump's biggest problems here, that he didn't reach out above his 43% support to really expand that base. And that's what's coming home here to roost in the final days of the presidential campaign. By the way, the police are at 70% favorable, up several points from what we've seen in the past. And Black Lives Matter is at 49% favorable, down a couple of points. And so for the first time, below majority support. 
let's take a look at the election horse race. One thing that we take a look at that explains a lot about what's going on typically is when you think of Donald Trump, do you like him personally? Well, that question was as low as 27 over time, 28 recently, but it went up to 33. So he's made some improvement, but 33 is not enough, not when 47% like Joe Biden. So the president has a big problem that 59% of the country doesn't like him personally. He knows that, and I think he's tried to say that he can overcome that with the kind of performance in office. Uh, that was exceptional. And he had a, a case that was winning until the virus came along. And again, just to just to go back to this incredibly central point, presidents getting in the 50s plus approval on jobs and the economy and terrorism, but the virus is only at 41% approval. That's the problem. All right, so vote by mail. A lot of people voting by mail, 40% say they are. A lot of people are going to be voting in person uh, before uh, their time, before election day. Only about a third says they're showing up on, on election day. And about half say they have voted already. Imagine the election period has a week to go and more than half the people have already voted. Unprecedented. Likelihood to vote, 85% are saying they're likely to vote. These are record numbers. Usually that's in the 70s. Then when we ask them who they're going to vote for, that's where an eight-point gap emerges. We look at the leaners. We look at likely voters with leaners. And our horse race now looks 54, 46, an eight-point gap. This means that the race has widened from four points in the previous month. And so Donald Trump, after the debate, did not get the kind of momentum that he really needs going into the final stretch of the campaign. Of course, I don't think it had much to do with the debate. I don't think it had much to do with uh, most of the issues being talked about. I think it had a lot to do with the virus. Looking at some demographics on this, um, among people who, who voted by mail, Biden-Harris has a tremendous lead above Trump, 60-40. Among those who haven't voted yet, those people are more likely to support Trump, 52 to 48. That means turnout on election day becomes critical for Donald Trump and not so critical for the Democrats. As far as the Democrats are concerned, when it comes to election day, stay home. That would be best for them. Uh, Cold, rainy, snowy election day could be devastating for the remaining GOP voters. Here, Trump made a fundamental mistake discouraging Republicans to vote by mail because Democrats did. And that looks to have been, as Trump feared, a fairly successful strategy for that. So if we look at the horse race by race. Trump is winning among white voters, 56 to 44 losing African-Americans 13 to 87, Hispanics losing 28 to 72, a little lower than, than we saw in the previous poll, and losing Asians 32 to 68. So you can see then by male and female, Trump is losing both men and women, women by a, a wider margin. 
some very fascinating differences by age. Those very young voters, they're overwhelmingly uh, Biden-Harris, almost 80-20. Almost um, but it's middle-aged voters, particularly those 45 to 54, who emerge as Trump's strongest supporters. People who care more about the economy and the economic stress that the virus has placed on them as opposed to the virus itself. Among the 65 plus, Biden has opened up a 10 point lead. This is probably the most devastating aspect of the change in public opinion for Trump. Those voters, no matter how many times he says he's had record unemployment, they don't care. What they care about is healthcare and the virus, the two fundamental weaknesses of the Trump-Pence presentation. And, and so uh, I think this election is not explained by Twitter and partisanship and all of the things that everybody talks about. It's explained very simply by a massive switch among senior voters who are generally more conservative on the issues, don't support the Democrats on the issues, but think that the virus is the most important thing in their lives. Trump does better with homeowners than not. And obviously, um, Biden's doing well in urban areas, poorly in rural areas, pretty much a mirror image, but there are more urban areas than rural. And the election is being won or lost in the suburbs where our suburban vote is 57 for Biden and 43 for Trump. 86% of the voters say they've made up their mind. Nothing surprising there. As we've seen before, who will do a better job on the issues? Uh, Joe Biden wins most of those. Uh, wins doing a better job on the pandemic by 12 points now, opening up a considerable lead on that, even wider than the horse race, and loses fixing the economy uh, by six points, Trump's strength. If we kind of probe even more deeply, Trump is the kind of president who tells you what he thinks. 64% will shake up Washington. 63% supports Israel and will stand up to China. But Joe Biden cares about people like me, will bring us together, listens to the problems of America, will do the most on the environment and, and climate change. So Biden's got some pretty significant uh, wins that, that appeal particularly to the swing voters of America. And that, again, has the Trump campaign really reached out to the swing voters in America or have they tried to go back to their base and to get their base to turn out in even higher record numbers? I think convincingly or clearly they have done the second. They've gone back to the base. And last time, 46% was enough to win the presidency. This time, probably not. Interestingly, Trump voters don't appear to like Trump any more than non-Trump voters. What they like about Trump is his stand on the issues. And so 72% of Trump voters say stand on the issues is what is incredibly important to them in deciding their vote. That's true of most people. And with Biden, however, character is as significant, not as high as the issues, but at 37%. Only 11% say character is the reason they're voting for Trump. So 
as a recent Wall Street Journal editorial had, I think, you know, is Trump, even in his own voters' eyes, is not here valued as a great person. He's valued as somebody who's right on the issues. Biden, Biden's mix is somewhat more nuanced. And of course, then, when you ask people who, whether or not they're voting for somebody, interestingly, although there's not personal enthusiasm for Trump, there is still a lot of enthusiasm for Trump. 87% of the Trump voters are voting for President Trump. So why do they spend so much time making arguments as to why the, the opponent is too far to the left and going to ruin the country, when in fact, the Trump campaign is really fueled by Trump enthusiasts. Biden campaign, much less so. Lower levels of enthusiasm and higher percentages of people, particularly independent voters, saying the reason they are voting for Biden is they don't like Trump. Let's take a look at the major issues in the country. The virus is the number one issue in this country. That is at 55% when allowed, when people are allowed to select three issues as their top issues. Um, that is up six points from last time. Economy and jobs, 35%. Healthcare, 32%. Race relations, 21%. Climate change, 16%. Immigration, 14%. Uh, you know, not too long ago, immigration was the number one issue, along with healthcare. But that's not what we're seeing today. The virus is the number one issue. It's dominating people's lives. When we go to some specific issues, a lot of underlying support for Trump's issue stands. Do you think taxes should be raised, lowered, or kept the same? Only 19% say raised, 46% lowered, 35% the same. Do you think our border should be tightened or loosened? 69% want tighter borders. Do you think immigrants who are here illegally should get health care coverage or should they not get free health care coverage? 62% say they should not get free health care coverage, even though every Democratic primary candidate raised their hand to say that they should. Do you think those who rooted, rioted or looted as part of the protests and were arrested should be fully prosecuted under the law? Or released without much penalty, 79% want them fully prosecuted. They want a tough law enforcement position. Do you think fracking should be permitted in the U.S. to get more energy from shale, or should fracking be banned in the U.S.? Interesting switch of opinion. In prior polls, majority said fracking should be banned. This is the first poll after some national discussion triggered by the debate about fracking, where 53% say fracking should be permitted. That is a that is a significant change in public opinion. I think it is what is fueling uh, results uh, in Pennsylvania, where the president is campaigning hard on this issue. It was Biden's biggest error, or was it an error, or was it simply a statement of policy? In any event, in any event, we've seen that that slip, that swap in public opinion on Obamacare. 42% say expand it, only 35% want it reduced or eliminated, and 23% want it kept the same. Democrats have revitalized and revived Obamacare when in 
previous elections to 2018, it was a negative for the Democrats. It's now a positive. But they really want tougher policies on China, 63%, and tougher China policies on Iran, 56%. So when it comes to this basic underlying switch in foreign policy that previously had sought to achieve more of a detente with Iran and China, here people are looking for a a foreign policy that is in fact tougher on these two countries something more in alignment with the policies that Donald Trump has been carrying out. And who's seen as a greater threat, Russia or China? China, 56% over 44. So I think that underscores the, the notion that there are a fair number of issues here where Trump and the Republicans have support, but the negativity towards Trump on his personality and the negativity towards the way he's handled the virus, overcoming uh, those positive issue alignments. Interestingly, when we ask people about the Supreme Court, 66% approve of the Supreme Court. The Democrats have made it an issue to attack the court. They don't realize how positive the image of the court is and how that could be a major mistake for them. Sure, do 41% think it's too conservative, 16% think it's too liberal, but 43% believe the Supreme Court is about right. And that's because 63% want judges who believe in interpreting the laws and the Constitution as written as opposed to judges who believe in interpreting the laws of the Constitution as they see them evolving. That's really an important notion that underscores, I think, the success the Republicans had this time, not just with getting a nomination through, but actually winning the battle over whether or not the court is a functioning operation with judges doing their job, which is seen as interpreting the laws, not making them. Well, a lot of the country, 58% say they watched the debate, 32% say they read about it, 90% said that they had some contact with debate, but it didn't seem to make much difference. By 54 to 46, almost exactly, in fact, exactly what the horse race is, people said their horse won the debate. And did it convince you to vote for somebody or neither? Again, 66% said neither. 33% said it helped them make up their mind. Again, we don't see a lot of momentum uh, in this poll. We probe specifically on fracking. Does does Biden's position on fracking make you more likely to vote for him, 22, less likely, 27? Does the story of Hunter Biden's foreign contracts make you more likely to vote for him, 12? I don't know who those folks are. 31% less likely and 57% no effect, which says as we see in a number of questions that the Hunter Biden story has limited, if any, traction. Let's take a look at some of the questions about Hunter Biden and the New York Post and the tech companies, always a dangerous brew. Have you heard or not heard about a New York Post story showing that Hunter Biden introduced his father, Joe Biden, to a Ukrainian energy executive when Biden was vice president? Oh, 59% say they've heard about these stories. Do you believe it was appropriate or inappropriate? 55% say it was not appropriate. 
But, and I think this is the most fascinating question. One email reported as being from Hunter Biden's laptop says Hunter was reserving 10% for the big guy, which a former business partner says was Joe Biden. Do you think this is a true email or is this Russian disinformation? So even though we have the email, even though it went to a person who exists, and even though that person came forward, 51% believe that it is Russian disinformation. I think that's just fascinating. Do you think Biden participated in his son's business affairs or did not split right down the middle? 4951. Do you think information about Joe Biden's son's business should be investigated to see if Biden participated or not? 57% would support further investigation. So this issue may not die with the election. It may be picked up by others and investigated. Do you think Twitter and Facebook should have blocked information about these Hunter Biden stories or not blocked? information related to these stories, 60% say not blocked. Tech companies cross the line here. The voters see it. The voters don't want this kind of censorship. And I think that they're pretty clear about that. Let's take a look now at what people say about the virus. Here, people are very cautious about the virus by and large. 45% think that the current virus plans have not been strong strict enough. 77% see that infections are currently growing. 80% would support a national mask mandate. So all of this stuff about, oh, people are against masks. People are not against masks. They're perfectly fine with masks, 80%. And 37% staying from uh, staying home from work or school, while 63% say they're going. And they're, they're concerned about opening up too soon, 65% versus not opening up in time, 35%. However, we'll see some contradictory information about that. Politically, the most important thing is that 57% believe that President Trump failed to stop the virus, right? And only 43% say there's not much more he could have done. So that's the perception that he left. When he turned over the problem to the governors, he made a major mistake because when the governors didn't deliver and the virus continued to rage, the buck stops in America with the president. And 54% think Joe Biden would have ordered stricter action than the president giving Joe Biden the edge in the presidential race. Do you think things are gonna get worse or better? There's a lot of pessimism, 44% better, 20, sorry, 44% worse, 25% better, 31% about the same. Do you think your state should return to a lockdown and sheltering in place, or should it try to manage the coronavirus while staying open? This is an interesting question to me because 60% said try to manage while staying open. So they take a very strong position Everybody should wear a mask. But when it comes to the lockdowns, they recognize that maybe some of that was counterproductive and they really just need some familiar support uh, for getting through it. I think that's really fascinating. In terms of a vaccine, well, even though Pfizer was supposed to name a vaccine really before the end of November, and even though they've put it off, perhaps because they didn't want to come out with a vaccine right in the middle of the election season. Boy, the public is pessimistic about when, if ever, they're going to see a vaccine. 45% say 
the announcement, just the announcement, which comes before distribution, will take six months or longer. 30% think three to five months. So uh, I think vaccine, vaccine test results could be on the way a lot sooner than that, but the public is sure pessimistic. Finally, there's always a campaign and a campaign about the campaign. The campaign is about the real issues, like who's doing a better job on the virus, who will fix the economy, who will improve health care. And the campaign about the campaign, well, that's who do you think is going to win, who's being more negative. Who do you think is going to win? Joe Biden, 44 to 37. Who are your neighbors voting for, Biden or Trump? 40% say Trump, 35% say Biden. So there's a five-point edge of people's neighbors. No, it's not me. It's them. Do you think Joe Biden's record in personal affairs has been probed too much, too little? Mm, too little, 35. But they're all for probing Trump's as well. 38% say too, too little. Um, but one thing's very clear. The media has undermined itself in how they've played out this presidential election. Do you think media is hard or easy on Joe Biden? 63% easy. Do you think the media is hard or easy on Donald Trump? 65% hard. So <clears throat> the average member of the public sees a huge disparity of treatment in the media between Trump and Biden. That's not good news for the media. Do you think Trump is running a mostly positive or negative campaign? Mostly negative 57. Do you think Biden is running a mostly positive or negative 59%? There's a general underlying notion that Republicans run negative campaigns and Democrats are more positive even when it is or is not related to the actual campaigns. And finally, who do you think is working harder to win this election? Joe Biden or Donald Trump? Here, I thought Trump would come out with a big victory, but 51% say Biden, 49% say Trump. The voters split right down the middle on that final question. As we go into an election day, they see both candidates as working hard to get their vote and to get elected. So thank you again for listening to the Harvard Caps Harris Poll. And please, if you will, go to harvardharrispoll.com and take a look at all of these poll findings and sign up for the alerts. Thank you very much.